This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Praise the Lord. The Lord is so good. Amen. Let's just go in prayer before we get started. Father, we honor you today. And Father, we love you. And I ask that you just continue to make my voice as a ready writer, speaking your words. Give us hearing ears what your spirit is saying. Father, we bind every hindrance from the evil one and release the power of the Holy Spirit to operate in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. God is so awesome. We've been talking about, or I've been talking about um, building up your spirit, man. Glory to God. And we've been discovering that um, you're not just a body, amen? And you're not just a mind, praise God. You are a spirit, praise God. And so the Bible actually says that, you know, we're a spirit, we live in a body, and we have a soul, which is our intellect and our mind and our will. And so, but um, what we've been talking about is that you can build your spirit man up. Amen. You know, a lot of people build their bodies up. A lot of people educate their minds. But, you know, you can build your spirit man up and you can have a strong spirit. And really, that's the key. And uh, like I said last week that, you know, storms are coming to each one of us in different times of our lives. And if we are ready and if we are prepared, we're going to be able to go through the storms of life much easier. Amen. And so to be prepared, we need to build up our spirit, man. Glory to God. And so there's keys on doing that. And um, this is actually taken from a, a study from Brother Hagen. Matter of fact, a young man that was starting business put these principles into practice and uh, learned how to build a spirit man up and listen to God. And uh, he became a millionaire. So um, God's not opposed to us, you know, receiving wealth. He's just, he doesn't want us to be greedy. Amen. In other words, he wants us to, when we receive wealth, to take some of that wealth and build the kingdom of God with it. Amen. Amen. And so really, I believe that God wants us to be prosperous. Amen. The Bible says this, that uh, John said this, I I wish above all things that you may prosper, prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So really, it comes down to soul prosperity. And really, you prosper first on the inside. And once you start prospering on the inside, you will prosper on the outside. Amen. And so these are some keys and I'm going to go back over the keys because we forget. And uh, and what is the key to learning repetition? So uh, so the first key, does anybody know what the first key is? Well, I got one. Amen. So I'm glad I'm going over again. (laughs) Amen. Meditate on the word of God meditate on the word of God. We, we actually use Joshua 1.8 where Joshua was uh, instructed by God. He was uh, a new leader um, raised up uh, after Moses to take the uh, children of Israel into the promised land. And God gave him, you know, some instructions on how to be successful. And God said for him to meditate on the word day and night. 
and um, and and as you meditate on the word and be and be careful to observe and do the word, then he would make his way prosperous and he would have good success. So so meditating on the word is taking the word of God and um, and reflecting on it, muttering it, taking the promises of God's word until it becomes more real to you than the everyday circumstances that we deal with. I'm going to say this, that the spirit realm is, is more real than the natural realm. And the spirit realm, you know, you, you may not agree, but the spirit realm was here first and then the natural realm. And so, and so we have to learn to tap in to the spirit realm of God. We have to learn to tap in and we tap in by taking God's word and speaking his word and believing his word. Amen. And so that's how we tap into the kingdom of God. And so uh, in Psalms 1, 1 and 3, it says here, um, I I like what it says in Psalms chapter 1. It it, it talks about some things that you don't want to do. A lot of times what we're doing is that we study the word and then we uh, absorb ourselves in TV and all and, and ungodliness. So we, you know, th- things are on TV. A lot of things on TV are not ruled too godly. And we watch things and what it does, it waters down the word of God. And, uh, and so it really, we don't want the word of God watered. We need to be very careful in what we look at, what we listen to, what we partake of. And here it says here in Psalms 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So, so what that's saying is that a lot of times we're receiving counsel just by what we watch, what we observe, what we observe on a day-to-day basis. And a lot of the things that are going on, especially on TV and uh, on the radio and on media, is, is not godly. Amen. Okay, thank you for that amen over there. Somebody help uh, pat her on the back. Amen. And so, and so we have to be very careful. Now, it says, uh, it says blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So you could take that and you could say, curse the man that walks in the counsel of the ungodly. Can't you? You could actually take the scriptures. And so if the man's blessed who walks not in the counsel, then, then, then we can actually be cursed walking in the counsel of the ungodly or following their advice or their ways. It says, nor stand in the path of sinners. That means hanging out with sinners. Amen. Uh, not to convert them, but to hang out with them to uh, be a part of what they're doing. Amen. The Bible says, be ye separate from the world or sit in the seat of the scornful. In other words, we don't want to be the criticizers and the minimizers. Amen. And, but, he says, but, but he says here, but, but this person delights in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates, what, day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in the season, whose leaves also shall not wither, and whatever he does prospers. Amen. And so, and so again, the word of God will, will actually prosper us in all that we do. Uh, Jesus uh, said to the Jews, and this is what's powerful about the word of God. He says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So, so when you abide in God's word by meditating, what you're doing, when you meditate on God's word, you're abiding in him. And what happens is that God reveals truth to you. Amen. 
And, you know, we don't get it the first time. So that's why we need time. Like that one person that took the message of building up his spirit from Brother Hagen, he, he received off the tape. He listened to that tape over and over and over again. More, you know, hundreds, you know, I don't know if it's hundreds, but, but many, many, many times until he got it in him. You know, I was listening to one minister, and this is about meditating, and um, he, he just felt led to study all the places in the, in the Gospels where Jesus raised people from the dead. And he would meditate on that. He would read it and study the stories. And he would just spend time over and over just studying the stories of Jesus, raising people from the dead. He got to a point where he was dreaming about raising people from the dead. Are you in here today? <laughs> Have you gone home? In other words, you know, Jesus tells us that we're supposed to raise the dead. I'm trying to do that this morning to some of you. <laughs> uh, are you awake out here? Or what? And, uh, and so he started dreaming about ra- I Think about that. When you start dreaming about doing the works of Jesus, it's in you. Amen. And he started dreaming about that. But what happened was um, one day he got a phone call and, he, and his son died uh, uh, suddenly. And, um, and the hospital called. And so he jumped in a car and, uh, and he went over to the hospital and he started worshiping and praising God. And he wasn't in fear. And, um, and he prayed for his son and his son uh, came back to life. You might say, I don't believe that. But, it, but that's what he, that, this is uh, uh, Reverend Andrew Walmack, amen? And, uh, and so he is a powerful man of God. But I believe this is, I believe that God led him to meditate on these scriptures. See, I, I think a lot, religion will tell you you're, 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 you're bound by your circumstances. Religion will tell you that you're bound by um, uh, uh, the, the, your associations. Religion will tell you that you're, you're, you're bound by, uh, if, if only God is, is, is interested in helping you, you're only, you have to wait on God to do, no, God's waiting on us. God's waiting on us to step forward and start moving forward in him. You know, that's what the word, you know, God, you know, the first two letters is go. And, And he tells us to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. And he will confirm his word with what? Signs following. Praise God. And so we need to go forth. And as we go forth in faith, God confirms. Amen. So we're talking about that meditating on the word is a powerful practice in getting the reality of the truth of God's word in us until it until we uh, receive the, the blessings from it. You know, there was a lady, uh, Lillian Yeomans, and she this she uh, was she. I guess it was in 1900. She, she it was uh, over 100 years ago, but she was a medical doctor, and she was a medical doctor, and she um, she got uh, hooked on prescription drugs on morphine, and um, you think a medical doctor that gets hooked on morphine, and she started taking little doses of it, you know, to to help her sleep at night. You know, she was a very busy doctor, and she got hooked on it. And, um, and bottom line, bottom line, to make a long story longer, no, to make a long story short, uh, God delivered her from that. Yeah. 
And so she decided to dedicate her life to serving God. And she opened up this house where she helped people that were uh, critically uh, terminal diseased people that that medical science gave up hope on. And she would uh, she would take them into the house and she would teach them the word of God and faith. And this one lady that had a terminal disease, she actually told her to to read Galatians 3.13 over and over again. Even though this lady was, you know, bedfast, she was about ready to die, she started reading Galatians 3.13, which says this, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. For Jesus was made a curse for us on a tree that we being dead to sins do live unto righteousness. So it says that Christ has redeemed us. And she said she didn't understand what that meant. But the, the lady that was laying on the bed that was dying, but she kept confessing that over and over again. And, you know, a few days of doing that, she she screamed and jumped out of her bed. And she got the revelation that God that, that God had paid the price through Jesus, that she is redeemed from the curse of the law. What is the curse of all sickness is part of that curse and she got healed off one scripture can I get an amen in this place so you can get healed off one scripture the word of God is powerful amen and so see but but most Christians don't realize that most Christians you know they just come in they hear a message on Sunday morning it's their pep talk for the for the for the for the week hopefully it'll keep them going to the following week amen but you got you you got to have more of God than just Sunday morning you got to get into the word every day. Amen. And so um, and so number two is practice the word of God. We you know, once we meditate on the word of God, we have to put the word of God in practice. And in James 1, it says, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. So we need to be a, a doer of the word. Uh, in James 1, uh, we, what, what does that mean? That means that what what the Bible tells us to do, we do. And what the Bible tells us not to do, we don't do. Amen. That's pretty simple, isn't it? So we do what the Bible tells us to do. And for instance, in James 1, uh, James says this, Brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Well, you know, when we, that, that means when we, we are encountering problems or issues, when, when the doctor gives us a bad report... Uh, when the bank tells you that they're going to repossess your car, uh, when your boss comes to you that morning and says you're fired, you know, uh, you know, you, you know, you, you're going to, you, you have some decisions to make and what you're going to do. You can, you can, you can sing that song. This is my party. And I cry if I want to cry. If I want you cry too, if what's happening to you, you know, you can start, you can get upset. You can have a temper tantrum. Anybody ever have a Holy Ghost? No, you don't, you don't get Holy Ghost. You have a flesh temper tantrum. You can act like the world. But God's not calling us to act like the world. Amen. He's calling us to act like Him. Yes. You see, when, men, when mankind fell that day and ate the fruit, God didn't fall off His throne. Bam! Oh my God, my man failed, you know. Now, God already had provision for man. He already had Jesus' mind before they fell. Amen? And I'm going to say this. Even though you may be dealing with a problem, God already has the solution already set, already for you. You just have to respond in the right way. 
Amen. And we can't respond crying and getting upset. We can't respond that way. But it doesn't move God because that's doubt and unbelief. Faith moves God. And we have to respond in faith. We're, we are we of we are people of hope. We have hope. Somebody say, I have hope. I have hope. Amen. And so we have hope. So 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 we we need to praise God, worship God in spite of the circumstances or what we're dealing with. Amen. And so it's like Paul and Silas that were in the inner prison. You know, they it was the midnight hour. You know the story. And they were thrown into prison for preaching the gospel. They were doing something right, but something wrong was happening to them. And I want to say this to you. Don't be surprised when you are trying to do the right things and wrong things happen. Why would you be surprised that I'm doing every I'm trying to do everything right and I'm still the devil's still attacking me. He's uh, do something about this. One person asks this one minister, uh, the devil's been attacking me. Can you get rid of the devil? Listen, Jesus is working on it. But until then, you're going to have to do something about the devil. What, what, what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to submit to God, resist the devil, and he has to flee. Amen. Amen. What, is that? what do you mean by that, Pastor? Where you, you get a pain in your body, you resist it with all of your faith. You resist that pain. You, you submit to God, resist that pain. And, and, and how, do you, how do you do that? By speaking the word of God over that pain. Yes. By agreeing with God's word. We must agree with God's word. Look at your neighbor and say, agree with God's word. Amen. Jesus says it this way. He says, similar to what James says about counting in all joy. He says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Think about this. What, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Let me read that again. For whatever is born of God overcomes. You are a world overcomer. Say, I believe that. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And who is he that overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. I'm looking at world overcomers this morning. If you're believers that Jesus is the Son of God, you are a world overcomer, no matter what it looks like in your life today. Amen. And you got to believe that. Say, I believe that. And you have to meditate on that until it becomes a reality in your lives. Amen. Praise God. You know, Jesus said this way. He said, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. He said, we're not going to escape, escape trials or tribulations, but he said, be of good cheer. He has overcome that world, uh, the world. Amen. And so here in, in uh, the third key in building your spirit man up is to put God's word first place. And what does that mean to put God's word first place? Well, that means that we, you know, that the word of God needs to be our default uh, key. Amen. In other words, when something comes against us, or who are we? Who are, who are we going to call when we're encountering problems? You can't call Ghostbusters. Amen. <laughs> who are you going to call? <laughs> you better call on Jesus. 
In other words, Jesus has to be our default. Amen? You know, um, in, in, uh, in, in putting God first place, in Proverbs 4.20, I didn't hit this last Sunday, but in, in Proverbs 4.20, it says it this way. It says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart, for they are life to those who find them, and they are health to all their flesh. Amen. So, you know, there's many voices out here and out here and they're and trying to get us to do things. But, you know, the, what you need to do is seek the Lord. Amen. Sometimes we, we want to do natural things to get us out of our issues and our problems. And there's nothing wrong with seeking the natural. But why not seek the supernatural? Why not seek God when we're encountering problems? God should be the first person we seek when we're encountering issues and problems. Amen. And so as we seek God, God can give us wisdom. He can give us direction. Because it talks about in James 1, count it all joy. And then James says that if any man lacks wisdom in the trial, ask God for wisdom. And ask God in, in faith, believing that God will give you wisdom. Amen. And God will give you wisdom in what you need to do. A lot of times what we need to do is just cast our cares on the Lord. A lot of times we're trying to handle our own problems ourselves. We're trying to carry. You were never meant to carry your problems. You were, hey, but pastor, uh, you know, I carry my problems. Isn't that, isn't that, uh, isn't that saying that I'm concerned about it? That I, that, no, listen, the, the best thing you can do with your problems is give it to God. Amen. Give your issues, your problems to God. Amen. Uh, you know, the Bible talks about that. You need to learn to cast your cares on the Lord Hallelujah. for he cares for you. Amen. One of my favorite, um, Passages in the Bible is, is, is Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. That means we shall not lack any good thing. Well, you may be feeling lack. Lack may be all around you. You may, you know, but you need to get the truth of God's word that, 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 that God's your shepherd and you shall not lack for anything. In the old days, there were people that, that would, there was this one minister that, that uh, didn't have money, and he had a family, and he would just believe God for food to come. Amen? Brother Hagin did that one time. He, was, he didn't have money, and he was believing God for food, and he told his family, don't tell anybody you need anything. You believe God. And that Sunday, they went through the, that day, and they, they didn't eat. That Monday, they went through, and they didn't eat. And he said, don't tell anybody, we're believing God. And that Tuesday, a guy came over with all these groceries. And he said, you know, God's been talking to me since Sunday. I didn't think you needed these groceries. Right? And he brought all these groceries to Brother Hagin. And, Brother Hagin, and he said, Brother Hagin, you need these? And God said, just, just, just do what God tells you to do. You know? And he brought all these groceries in. And, I, and you know, God is moving on. Sometimes we, there's a holdup in, in, in us receiving our prayer because God has to move on some people to get the blessing to us. Amen. 
And so God has to work through flesh sometimes to get the blessing to you. Has God ever moved on you to do something for somebody and you just uh, procrastinate it? Now you're wondering why, why your prayers aren't being answered so quickly. Okay, we won't go there. So anyway, so we need to put God's word first place. So, so it says in Proverbs 4.20 is that we need to attend to God's word. We need, to, we need to keep his word in our mouth. Amen. We need to meditate on that word. And when we do that, I'm telling you, it's going to get easier and easier for God's word to be the default in our life. Amen. Praise God. And so, so, uh, so putting God's word first place. Number four, this is the final key in building up your spirit. And this is instantly obeying the voice of your spirit. Now, in the very beginning of my teaching, I talked to you that that your body has a voice. And what is that voice? Feelings. Feelings. Nothing more than feeling. Do I feel like going to church today or I don't feel like going to church today? Well, I don't feel like going, so I'm not going. (laughs) Your feelings can lead you in a ditch. Amen. Do I feel like going to work or I don't go to work? Do, Do you go to work on feelings? No, you no, you go to work because you got you got to eat. The Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. Amen. And so and so we don't we don't live our life by by feelings. Amen. And and the voice of our our minds uh, is reason. And so it, your your mind is good and will reason things out, but it can reason out the truth of God's word. And so we we're not led by our minds or just by you know. You know, some people say, okay, should I do this or should I do that? And they they put the the line down the center of the paper. You ever done that? The benefits and the negatives. Should I leave my spouse or should I stay? Well, I don't like her anymore. You know, she's not cooking meals like she used to. Do you know what I'm saying? And, And just the reason of deduction, you could go the wrong way. Boy, that's a that's a weak amen. How many? I hope we don't have people plan on leaving their spouses in here today. Okay, and, uh, and so and so just just reason. So we don't want we don't want to be ruled by reason, but we really want to be ruled by our spirits. Amen. And our spirits, or or and what is the voice of our spirit is our conscience. And our conscience is a safe guide if we're born again. Amen. So our conscience is a safe guide if we're born again and we're endeavoring to walk in the truth of God's word. Somebody say amen. And Ezekiel 36, 26, 27 says, I will give you a new heart and I put a new spirit within you. And I'll take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and you will keep my judgments and do them. I want to say this. If you're a born again believer, it should be hard for you to sin. Boy, it's quiet in this church today. Somebody say, well, God, uh, pastor, how come it seems like it's easier for me to do the wrong things than do the right things? Because you're allowing feelings. Nothing. You're letting your feelings control you. Or you're, you're allowing your intellect to control you. But you need to be governed by your spirit. And the Spirit of God resides in your spirit. 
and you and you can tap in to the kingdom of God by your spirit. Hallelujah. And, and the Bible actually says we know all things. Well, you may not know it not yet, but as you meditate on the word and walk with God, you will know all things. You will know how to handle in the, your life in the smallest degrees. Can I get an amen? amen. And so our conscience is, is a safe guide if we're born again and we're endeavoring to walk in the truth. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away and all things has become new. And so, and so, you know, when I first got born again, I, um, I, I came out of the party scene. Anybody ever, anybody in here come out of the party scene? Do I have any ex-partiers in here? Maybe it's quiet in this church. No, I'm, no, I've been, I've been pure as a driven snow since I was born, pastor. I, I think there's some partiers in here. I, I think there's, there, there's been some, I've, I see some partiers in here, amen? You guys got that look, you know what I'm talking about? And, um, but I'm going to say redeemed partiers, amen? We party in the Lord now. We, we, we can get the joy of the Lord. Man, we party in church, glory to God. I'm telling you, heaven's, heaven is a great big party. Hallelujah. Everybody wants to get to heaven. Everybody wants to be in heaven. Glory to God. That's going to be the party of all parties. The, 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 the table of the lamb is going to be a party of all parties. Glory to God. And I'm getting there, man. Hopefully I'm sitting right next to Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. But anyway, as as we as we um, meditate on the word of God, as we put God's word first place, hallelujah, we will see the power of God in our lives. So so what happens is that when we're walking with God, some of us get instantly delivered. Have some of you been instantly delivered from some things when you got saved? Some people, I, I hear stories, some people that were drug addicts and they received Jesus in their hearts and, uh, and all, they don't have a desire to go to drugs. Man. And people are, are addicted to alcohol and, uh, and they get instantly delivered from alcohol. And so the power of God can set you free from these things. But there's other people. It's a process. How many process people I'm talking to? In other words, you're still dealing with some some things. You're still dealing with some areas of your life that's not pleasing to God. You don't like hopefully you don't like these areas. You know, there's things in your life that really it's not edifying and it doesn't it's not really uh, it's sowing death into your life. Can I get an amen, amen. or no oh, me? And so really that God takes some of us through a process to be set free. And only the word of God and acting on the word of God will set you free in the process. Amen. So not everybody gets totally delivered, you know, when they receive Christ. Sometimes it's a process. And some of us may be working through that process until we get to heaven. Amen. But I'm telling you this, that it should get easier and easier and easier as we put the word of God first place. And, you know, and as we, you know, what, what the enemy will do is, you know, you can only walk in the truth of God's word to what you know about God's word. 
So that's the reason why we need to be very careful about judging other Christians that are bound up or walking in some things. If they don't have some truth in that area, now their hearts should reveal truth. But if they don't have some truth, um, then we then then they're bound up. Then then we shouldn't be judging them until hopefully if we're there to get some truth to them. Amen. We should be there to help our brothers and sisters come out of any bondages that they might be in. Amen. And so sometimes we we have people that are, that that kind of they're they're dealing with things in their life that, that they know it's ungodly, but they've kind of settled into the ungodliness. And you need to keep fighting against those things. Amen. You don't need to say, well, I just give up in this area. I can't seem to overcome in this area. No, you are an overcomer. You can overcome in this area. And what you need to do is you need to stop striving in your own ability and get God in your equation as God for his strength to keep you from going into these places. Amen. And so we need to we need to have not just willpower, but we need God power to come out of some of these things that are destroy, trying to destroy our lives. And the word of God is dunamis power that will break the, the, these things off of our lives. But we got to continue in the word. And what is happening is some of us give up in the process and we're not continuing in the word until we see the fullness of the promise of God to set us free in those areas. We can't just give up. You can't get, listen, listen, just because the world's doing it doesn't mean you're supposed to be doing it. Well, pastor, they passed a law that that says, you know, uh, 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 gay marriage. And so if you have a tendency and uh, and you have a uh, a tendency and you have a weakness in the area of homosexuality and, and you are a Christian, just because they have a law about that doesn't doesn't give you the right to do it. Or to live that lifestyle. Just because there's a law in place in the government doesn't mean it's the law in God's word. Amen. Amen. And And we have to go with God's word over the law. Just because there's a law in Vegas. I think in Vegas they have uh, prostitution houses that are legal. Well, you know, well, pastor, I, I know it's illegal in Virginia Beach, but it's legal in Vegas. I was over there and... Uh, <laughs> Is it okay with God because it's legal? Oh. <laughs> no, it's not. Amen. It's wrong. Amen. Are you hearing? Just because it's legal to smoke marijuana doesn't mean you have the right to do it because your body is a living and holy sacrifice unto God. Amen. Glorify God in your bodies. Amen. Just because the culture is saying it's right doesn't mean it is right. Amen. And the culture is trying to change us, but we should be changing the culture. We need to get some Holy Ghost conviction. And we need to allow and use our, not only God's power, but our own willpower to say no. What, pastor? You mean I can't say yes to everything? That's right. You've got to use your, your willpower to say no when the enemy's trying to tempt you to get you to go in the way of darkness. Yes, Lord. Amen? You know, you know it says 
And the scriptures, for me and my house, Joshua spoke this, for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. And what Joshua said in that, if you study that out, he, he was talking to people about, he was talking, it was about reformation. He was reforming the people. And he said, hey, listen, if you want to serve the gods of Egypt, serve them. And if you want to go back and do the things that you used to do, go do that. And then he said, but, but if you want to serve God, for me, I'm going to serve God. I'm not going back, back where I came from. I'm not going back. See, I came out of drinking. I came out of party. I'm not going back there. I made a commitment. I'm not going to have another drink. You know, when I first got saved, you know, when I first got saved, you know, um, I was in church and I came out of it and I was in a in a, uh, a class that taught about principles of, of being a new creation in Christ. And it talked about how to live your life. And I was sitting there. I was bold back then. And I said to the lady, I said, you know, Jesus turned water into wine. Is it OK to drink wine? And the lady said to me, she couldn't tell me. If it was wrong or right, she just kind of blew my question off. So the next week I had wine in my refrigerator <laughs> and I wasn't a big drinker, but I but I had wine. And, and, and I remember my my uh, uh, one of my relatives came over. That was another Christian and saw wine in my refrigerator. That I can't believe they had wine. But you know what? I didn't have any knowledge that it was wrong. And to tell you the truth, in, in essence, you know, drinking in, in, in itself, you know, um, uh, as a as a leader, if you're drinking and there and you can handle it, but there's somebody that can't handle it around you and they see you drinking and they fall because of your liberty, then you just transgress the law of love. Amen. And so Paul said, I won't do anything to cause my brother or sister to fall. I, I will. I won't drink. I won't eat something that, that, that has a potential of damaging my brother or sister. And so we may have a right to do something, but do we have the liberty to do it out of walking out of love? In other words, what you do, parents, what you do, your kids will do twice as much. Amen. Right. Amen. You have alcohol in the house and they're going to be drinking. You know, I thank God for my dad. I thank God. You know, my dad was a partier too. Where's dad at? <laughs> I'm telling you, my dad, he didn't get married. I'm, he didn't get married till late, man. He was a partier, amen? And, uh, but, you know, uh, he was a smoker. And a lot of people don't know that. But, you know, he made a decision by his will. And he didn't even know the Lord back then. It was just, he, he just knew what was right. And he made a decision before uh, the firstborn, before my brother was born, that, that he was going to quit smoking. Amen. And so he, he, uh, he made that decision and he chewed gum. And he quit smoking because he didn't want to bring. And at that time, they were talking about how smoking was was bad for you and could cause cancer. This is many, many years ago, over 50 years ago. They even knew back then that smoking was not good for your health. And so he quit smoking and he put down the cigarette, something that he enjoyed to do for somebody else. And he did that for the family. He did that for my mother. He did that. You know, I'd never seen a cigarette in his mouth. I'd ne- never seen him light up. Boy, somebody's getting convicted today. But I, and you know what? I'm not a smoker. 
And none of us in the family are smokers. We didn't follow in that suit. My grandfather died of lung cancer. And he's, he was a smoker. We used to buy packs of cigarettes. And I remember when he went to get surgery, he, had, he, had a, uh, he came back home and he was bedfast. But, you know, he didn't, he didn't live much longer after that surgery. They had to cut, cut part of his lung out. And he, he brought all us together, his uh, grandsons. And I was walking around his bed and he showed the scar. He said, boys, this is why you should never smoke, you know, and it leaves an impression on you. And what the enemy's trying to do is he's trying to kill some of us. He's trying to destroy some of us. And you can use your willpower to say no. Amen. Amen. And then again, my dad used to be a drinker. And uh, I remember he used to have all the stirs and all that. And uh, and so he quit drinking, too. Praise God. And he just made a decision to stop doing that. And praise God. And, you know, and, and you and that's when he rededicated his life. He said, you know, he doesn't know, need to go to J.D. He has J.C. Amen. And we need to use our will to say no, because what we do will influence others around us. Amen. Amen? And, and, and how we live our lives will influence, you know, the outcome of our families. And I want to leave a good legacy. And I don't want to be somebody, I don't want my liberty to be downfall of somebody else. And so we need to learn to say no when things are, when the enemy is trying to pressure us to do the wrong things. We need to just say no. And you keep saying no long enough. Guess what? The pressure will leave you. I remember I had a weakness in an area and I just kept and the enemy kept trying to get me to go in this one area. And I just kept saying, no, 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 no. And pretty soon he stopped bothering me and I didn't have the weakness anymore. The weakness left. But you somebody say no, no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sometimes, you know, uh, anybody ever out here? I got to close. But anybody out here get invited to go uh uh, look at these condominiums and they give you a, a, a free dinner or something. Anybody ever go do that? Or there's some people that sometimes go out to and they, they go to these condominiums. And, uh, you know, I, I know one couple that said, were, were invited to, to look at this and they get a free gift and all that. And they practice saying no and buying, or uh, I guess these timeshares. And practice, you, let's just say it now. No. <laughs> no, we're not going to buy a timeshare. <laughs> but you have to spend two hours listening to their spill, right? Anybody ever... And they keep, hey, you want to buy this timeshare? You want to buy this timeshare? No. No. And the devil, what the devil is trying to do is get you to buy into the lie that sin is, there's not going to be a payoff for sin. Sin will take you farther than where you ever wanted to go, keep you longer than you wanted ever to stay, and make you pay more than you want to pay. Sin will, 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 uh, uh, sear our conscience and keep us from hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Sin will harden our hearts where, where the seed of God's word will not be able to penetrate our hearts to set us free in these areas. Can I get an amen? And so if we're allowing and if we're allowing the culture to control us, if we're allowing the if we're allowing that as a way of well, everybody does it. Well, you're not everybody. Everybody cheats a little bit. Everybody does that. Well, you're not supposed to be cheating, lying, or stealing. Amen. 
Last time I read my Bible, the, Bible, uh, the, the Word of God, Jesus said all liars will find themselves in the, in the, in the, in the fire that burns with brimstone. Boy, it's strong in here. We're not supposed to be lying, cheating, stealing. Matter of fact, Paul, Paul says it in, in, in one place where he said, if a, if a believer takes advantage of you and steals from you, he said, don't take them to court because they're a believer. But then, then Paul says, he exhorts, he said, but if a believer is stealing from somebody, cheating people and doing that, Paul says that those that start doing all these things will not, will not receive the kingdom of God. In other words, listen, you, you start walking in sin and walking in sin and walk. Listen, what you love is what you're going to have. You cannot serve two masters. You're either going to serve God or the world. Amen. You're going to either serve God or the devil. Amen. And you keep waffling back and forth. You're going to end up having an accident. Bam. And fall one way or the other. And I'm going to say to you this day, if you're going to keep a pure conscience before God, you're going to have to learn to say no to your flesh. You're going to have to learn to crucify your flesh. You're going to have to learn to walk in God, even if it hurts your flesh. That's the reason why we fast in this church. That's the reason why we pray in this church. Pray so you won't enter into temptation. Fast means that you're crucifying your flesh. So you won't let your flesh control you and bring you into bondage. Amen. I'm looking at people that are getting set free out here. I'm looking at people that the word of God is setting you free. And as we as we utilize these keys in building our spirit, man, we're going to walk victorious in every area of our lives. You believe that? We will reign like kings, as the Bible says, on this earth. We will partake of the good life. Amen. We're supposed to be partaking of the good life. Jesus said, I give you abundant life. We're not supposed to be down and out and bound up by anything. No, nothing should be controlling a Christian. Nicotine should not control a Christian. Caffeine should, well, I won't go there. Should not. Where's my coffee? All right, that's my weakness. But anyway, chocolate should not control Christian. That's my weakness too. But anyway, you got to learn to say no to these things. And when you do, I'm telling you that temptation will start to dissipate and the devil will leave you alone. The devil's a tempter. And he will leave you alone in that area. You say no long enough. I'm telling you, you won't have a problem in that area. Amen. Even my dad that wasn't saved quit smoking. Just by his will. Your will is the most powerful thing you possess. You can will to serve God or you can will not to serve God. You can will to believe God or you can will not to believe God. Thomas said, unless I see Jesus. You know, Thomas didn't see Jesus. The other disciples did. And Thomas didn't believe that Jesus was resurrected. And he said, unless I see Jesus, I will not believe. Unless I can stick my hand in his side, put my fingers in the holes of his hand. I, he used his will not to believe. And thank God Jesus walked through the wall and said, Thomas, here I am. Put your hand in my side. And Thomas said, oh, my. And dropped to his knees and said, my Lord, my God. 
And Jesus, blessed is he that, that believes in me and doesn't see me. More blessed. Listen, if you never have a vision in your life, you're more blessed than Thomas that saw Jesus. Because you walk by faith and not by sight. And we're going to make it through this world. We're going to make it through this life because we have Jesus on the inside of us and we're led by the Spirit of God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you today. And we praise you and we thank you, Father God, that this church is growing up in you and that we're getting stronger in you and bondages are being broken off of each one of us in Jesus name. And Father, I just thank you, Lord God, for those that are listening here in the audience, those that are watching online perhaps Facebook, and see the Lord wants you set free. And really what you need to be set free of mainly is yourself. And so if you're ready to make that next move in God, you're ready to receive Jesus, not just as your Savior, but as your Lord. That Jesus is not just a ticket to heaven, but he's your life. If you're ready to make that decision, just say this after me and mean your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I'm turning my back on the world and on sin, and I'm turning fully to you. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for delivering me. Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.